Welcome back to Chatting with Copywriters Season 2. I'm your co-host, Kimberly. And I'm Bobby. This season, we have more of your favorite ad breakdowns. Insider marketing and copywriting tips. Interviews and more wacky questions that lead into interesting marketing subjects. In this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, Bobby and I are going to finish our discussion about what it takes. What is that 30,000-foot view of a launch for your next course, product, or service, and how to do the actual selling part? But of course, before we dive into that topic, which I am super excited about, uh, Bobby always has some kind of random question she's going to start our little talk off with, and then we can relate it back to marketing. So Bobby, what is my question today? It's a simple one, although seemingly random. Have you ever been fishing? Okay. (laughs) Um, Yes, I've been fishing. Ooh, what kind of fishing? What kind of fishing have you done? Boring fishing. I don't know. (laughs) I am not that person who enjoys fishing, okay? Um, I did it at summer camp, uh, several summer camps. You know, fishing was Mm -hmm. always an option or what have you. Uh, And I, I distinctly recall being at my first sleepaway summer camp and being handed raw bits of uncooked uh, liver that was still slimy and red to put on the end of my hook. I caught nothing, I was bored, and of course, uh, I definitely have never, ever, ever tried liver because that is the image in my head. But yes, to answer your simple question, I have been fishing. How about you? (laughs) That's awesome. I'm very (laughs) proficient at catching seaweed, but... um... Mainly because I do it wrong. So I, I actually really enjoy, I enjoy fishing. You know, I've tried fly fishing and I've done it with the, the rod and just the basic rod and wheel, wheel, while, you know, on, on a, on a river. Um, I've done deep sea fishing, which is a blast. So I enjoy it. It helps, it helps to kind of have somebody that, you know, a guide that actually knows what they're doing. Cause I don't, um, so I really, I really enjoy it. One of the things though, that is actually frustrating to me about fishing is the amount of time it takes to get one fish. Yeah. That's kind of why I don't like fishing is because, you know, it was like a three hour activity or something and absolutely nothing happened in three hours. And I was like, why did I have to come? <laughs> you were out in nature and enjoying everything else, but it was, you know, <laughs> I was getting what, a sunburn. I was hot, <laughs> which is what a lot of people will tell you about how why fishing is so amazing. And I don't mind it because it's, it's generally peaceful depending on where you go and who you're with, right? You get to have a conversation with a bunch of people or, you know, you sit back, you know, crack open a beer or wine or whatever your beverage of choice is, and just chill and not have to worry about everything else that's going on in your life. Mm. So, but you know, it's that, it's very targeted. It's very, I'm going to put it, you know, I'm going to cast my bait out there and hope something comes to it and bite, which mm-hmm. is kind of the opposite of what a funnel is, which is what we're really going to get into today. It's not super heavy. I'm going to throw it out there and hope somebody finds it. Instead of effectively fishing for customers with a rod and reel, one at a time, trying to, you know, pull them out of the river, we're going to show you how to fish with dynamite or a giant <laughs> net or, you know, just say, well, let's just drain the, you know, let's just drain it all and pick them all up. But we're going to show you how to do this on mass, right? That's kind of yes. the point of a funnel is 
casting a wide net, so to speak, if we want to keep the, the fishing metaphor going, casting a wide net and then reeling them in and kind of picking out and saying, you know, okay, this one might not be right, or this one might not be right. Or even having them, which is really what a funnel is, is they start self-selecting on who is, you know, who really needs to be in your ecosystem and going through your funnel, which is really what we're getting into today. It's fishing without worrying about just one at a time. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you've used every fishing metaphor I know. So hopefully I don't need to come up with any more. Oh, uh, <laughs> I probably have more. They're just stuck in the brain housing group. There you go. Well, one of the things I do want to uh, address though, that you mentioned is the self-selection, right? It's so incredibly useful when your audience can start to self-select on whether or not they're in the right place. But also it's one of those things that you can kind of create, you know, we talked about all those assets for the pre-launch and now we're talking about all the assets for the launch. You can also create more personalized messaging in each of these categories based on what people have already pre-selected by, you know, tagging and segmenting. So, you know, part of having your launch set up is making sure all of your technology can do what you need it to do to best serve your customers. So that's, that's one aspect. That's a huge aspect that we're not going to dive into too much. Uh, but you know, what are the, you know, what would you say? Okay. We've done all the pre-launch. They've gotten to the webinar. They've gotten to the uh, training videos. They've gotten to that, that last step before selling. So, you know, what is that next thing that people need to move to the next step? Uh, realistically, it's a sales page. Absolutely. Um, so, so once, uh, and whether you call it a sales page or a landing page, um, depending on the, the different industry that you're in, those terms are generally interchangeable, but now it's the, it's the point where you start to actually introduce the product that ties into all the information you just gave in all of the pre-launch. It ties everything together and it says, here's the product or service that I am offering that is the reason why I've just told you everything that I've told you. And the number one thing in like the very top of any sales page is really where you start to go attention, whoever this is. And it doesn't necessarily have to start with just attention, whoever this is. You're grabbing their attention and you're grabbing their interest with the headline, which is where it starts. We have definitely discussed headlines before in the past. And it's all about, you know, it's about that it's, it's that self-select, right? So it's, it's fishing with an attend with, with a, with a headline. So to wrap up yet again, our fishing metaphor, that headline is casting out that wide net. It's saying anybody who might be interested in what I have to say, anybody that this might be relevant for, it's, it's this wide open top of the funnel attention grabbing way to bring them into your sales page. And that's really where the sales page starts. Absolutely. It's where the sales page starts. And then we know we've talked about stages of awareness before, and you've kind of done a lot of the prep work, right? In all of that pre-launch content by moving people to at least a little bit farther into the stages of awareness. So maybe they now know they have a problem. Maybe now they are looking for a solution. And now it's time for you to introduce your solution as an option. So basically, you know, once you have that wide net with the headline, now it's time for your sales page to kind of draw them from being aware they have this problem, knowing there's a solution, to realizing that your solution is an option and it's a great option for them because you've already helped them, given them valuable information, and shown that you know what you're talking about, which is why all of that pre-sale content is so important. 
Um, so now, you know, the, the, the goal of the sales page is to keep moving them forward, is to keep moving them from stages of awareness so that by the time that buy button shows up on the page, they're like, oh yeah, this is me. This is for the solution I've been looking for. And this is a great option. Yep, absolutely. All right. So they're on the sales page. They've gotten to that first buy button. What other materials do you need to create to continue creating a successful funnel? Okay. So from here, you kind of have two different options, right? Number one is you capture the lead, which is going to be the, you know, maybe it's their name and their email address, or maybe it's the email address that says, yes, I want to know more that then takes them to the sales, to the actual order form where they put in their credit card information, or you can take them directly to the credit card information page where they fill out it all. There's an, there's advantages and disadvantages of doing both sections. When you're capturing just the lead, you add an extra step, which if you want to remove friction, you remove steps or you remove the number of times you need them as your, as your prospect to do something before they get into buy. So there is, there's that, but if they don't turn into a paying customer at this point in time, they at least are a new lead that you know they're interested and you kind of, you, you can tag them as this bucket that says, well, maybe that price point didn't work. So when this is all done, I can offer a downsell option that might be a little bit less in time or a little bit less in money or even just a small component of something so I can try and turn them into a customer later. But if they don't buy whatever reason, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people don't buy and which also comes into objection handling. But at this point in time, when you've got to this stage, the objection handling is already taken care of on this, should be taken care of on the sales page. At this point in time, it's just, you know, are you going to buy or are you not going to buy? If they buy now, they're great. They become customers. If they don't buy, but they've gotten to this checkout page, they, they're, they're interested parties. They're more interested than people that just read the sales page, but maybe for whatever reason, there's that last little thing that they need to deal with in order to buy, or they just need to be continue to funnel in, in your, in your system for later down the road. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things um, I've seen done really successfully is a lot of people, you know, they can introduce payment options. You can make it easier for people to enter into it. You can send out messages regarding, you know, your guarantee. Uh, you know, if somebody, and you know, that's another thing as well. Uh, once you've opened your cart, having messages to get people to that sales page, right? To get people uh, to continue to read it, to go check it out, that kind of thing. And, you know, all of the tech on the back end is, you know, uh, available or not available depending on what you're doing. But once they click that buy button, then you also have a few more options. You know, you have an option of, is there something you have in your arsenal of products uh, that could help them further along? So you can do an upsell. Or, you know, if you have this DIY course, but then there's a coaching option, you can let them know, you know, hey, we have this coaching group to make sure you finish on time. You have the option of adding that. There are all kinds of different ways that you can do upsells or, you know, someone decided they got to that sales page, they got to the checkout, as Bobby was saying, and then they don't uh, continue on. And then you can say, hey, I saw you didn't continue on. Would it be easier if, and then offering some of those downsell options like a payment plan or 
you know, maybe there is a coaching component on the sales page and saying, hey, you can do the DIY course on your own for a little bit less, all of those types of options. But then, you know, once, once they buy, you've got a couple of messages you really need to send out. One is, congrats, we got your order. <laughs> yes, order confirmations. Please, people, order confirmations. I cannot list the number of times I've gotten the email welcoming me into a course, but I don't have the email saying, thank you. We got your order. It's being processed. And I'm just like, wait, did it go through? Has it already gone through? Do I still need to wait? Is it, you know, it, it creates so much doubt and so much friction right after the buy that that's going to increase your, your refund request rate. So one of the things you want to do is make sure, A, you send out that message. Yes, we got your order. B, that next message that I talked about, which is, hey, you're in the course. Here's what you need to do next. Having that kind of message drastically increases not only the people who are going to open your emails in the future, but going to take part in your course, going to actually go through the course. And there's a whole slew mm -hmm. of messaging and a whole lot of other content you need to create to not only get people to buy, but also to get them to take the course and finish it. And that's really important as well because that leads to referrals, that leads to people being lifetime customers, that leads to happy testimonials, all kinds of good things. Oh, absolutely. But it's also another reason why, you know, if you can, and especially if it's, if it's course related, give your best information during week one or whatever that module one is. Give them the valuable stuff up front because at least that way, if they're only gonna take that first you know, two, three, four videos of your course, if it's a digital content like that, they get what's valuable so that they can also go, well, I didn't finish the course, but what I, what I learned in that first week is just amazing. And you, get some, you, you can get some amazing stuff. Now, if it's a product that you're selling, Right, and you can go through and do this this massive launch for a product that's not a digital course or Absolutely. even a digital product. It works exactly the same. You know, the difference is your your potential upsells are going to be more on the line of cross sells, unless you can make sure that that you know it's can I get it to you? Can I get you results faster? Can or solve your problem faster? Can I help you solve your problem better? Get you results better? Or can I give you a um, a related product that's going to help you along the path and the journey you're on on why you needed that product. You know, so if I, just to kind of pull it into, you know, kind of something a little bit more concrete, if you're in the health industry and you're selling vitamins and supplements as a package as you've done this launch, you could offer them exercise equipment, which may be something that you're like, okay, you obviously are concerned about your health. This might be something. You could offer them the digital products on here's how you eat better. There's a lot of different things that you can upsell, cross-sell, downsell, and all types of stuff like that. But you want to make sure that it's related and it gets them either better results or increased results of whatever the problem is that your product or service is trying to solve. Absolutely. And then once you start delivering, you still need to keep in touch with your audience, you know, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking about a course. You know, week one, you get a lot of people. Week four, you get a lot of people dropping off. So, you know, being able to keep in contact with people, being able to remind them why they invested their time and resources into this course and why it's so important for them to continue mm -hmm. to do so. You know, uh, for a lot of us, maybe, you know, life gets in the way, things get busy. I suddenly don't have that two hour block anymore to complete the course and I have to find time for it. But, 
if you're able, you know, and this goes back to really knowing your audience, being able to tag your audience as you go through, and also uh, all of that pre-content, you know, that pre-sale content you created, um, you know, what was it that most people opened? What message was it that most people opened? Maybe those aren't the people who ended up buying, but what were the two or three emails that got open mm -hmm. the most? When those pieces of content, when that course material comes up, you know that was something that really resonated with your audience. So bringing back that messaging, reminding them, remember you were so excited about this. Now we're finally going to get to it. Now you're going to unlock the secrets to this. That's another great way for you to continue to interact. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, really what it comes down to is the, it's that follow-up after they've made the purchase and this works for everything. If you are selling a physical product, follow up with them at week two, you know, two weeks after their purchase, a month after their purchase, three months after their purchase, make sure that the product is working properly. Ask if they have any questions, you know, Hey, is it, you know, if it's something that is consumable, you can ask them if they need a replacement, you know, do they need a refill? I have a shelf behind me full of business books. Okay. It's about 80% business books and about 20% of other books that maybe I'll crack at some point in time in my life. Here's the problem. I will start almost everything that I buy about eight, you know, 80% of the books that I buy. I've about 80% of them. I've read at least a chapter or two halfway through. I'm in varying different stages of a bunch of books. If I had an email coming from the author that says, you know, Hey, making sure that you're, you're, getting through this. Have you checked out chapter 14 where we discuss X, Y, and Z? Just reminding me to go back into the content, back into the deliverable, back into this product that I just purchased. And, you know, heck, if it's day five and I haven't done anything with that supplement I just took, you know, or supplement that I just ordered, oh my God, who, let me add that back to my daily, you know, let me add it to my daily routine and, and, and just remind me to continue to consume the content and or the product because products services if it's a service follow up make sure that the service that you provided is still working for that person right you absolutely know? if you came in and decluttered my home which you know i just had that done which was amazing um <laughs> it she followed up and i loved it she followed up about a week and a half later and said you know hey how are things going um how how is how are your piles are they still are you know uh, is is your floor still clean and i'm like oh my god the floor is still clean it's great she followed up after the holidays and went you know the holidays are in one of those times at moments where you know clutter can build are you how are you doing and i'm like oh my god no this is amazing so it doesn't matter even if it's a service there's a follow up to it so this is this is important no matter what you sell so while we talk an awful lot about digital products, because it's where, you know, Kimberly and I really focus a lot of our time and effort in is the digital products. You know, I've dealt with services, I've dealt with, I've dealt with physical products. And so it is important, hundred percent important to make sure that you do the follow-up and it really is part of your launch because if you don't have it already in place, then you're playing catch up. And if you do launches and you get an en masse number of people coming into your ecosystem, you'll find really quickly where your stuff is broken. Absolutely. And, you know, it is also the key to keeping happy customers for a very long time. All of those follow-up messages, you know, you, you can just hear it when Bobby was talking about this woman who continued to reach out after providing a service for her. Her answers were testimonials. They were exact, oh, specific testimonials about top objections. You know, oh, if you come in and declutter my home, is it really going to work when life gets busy, like around the holidays? Well, Bobby just said, oh my gosh, it's amazing. All of these systems are still working and the holidays came and I can still see my floor. 
that is a perfect targeted testimonial that you can use for years and years to come. So it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of us, we, we provide all these amazing things, but getting testimonials is like pulling teeth, man. I send out a message saying, hey, can you give me a testimonial? Nobody responds. But when you make it easy, when you give a targeted follow-up, when you give and continue to give and continue to essentially onboard your customers, even after they're a customer, you're continuing to build that relationship, to build that community with people so that when somebody's looking for what you do, whether it's providing a service, providing a course, you know, selling supplements, whatever it is that you do, when people are looking for that, you know, they want to say, oh my gosh, you can't you like my clean house? Guess what? I have this woman come in. She helped me declutter it. If you ever need help with it, here's her number. Now mm -hmm. that Absolutely. is the type of thing you can't necessarily track. But you can kind of see that overall view when you realize you have those follow-ups built into your launch. So, you know, your launch, the actual period of time where you are actively selling whatever it is, it might only be one or two weeks. But the process before, that's like a month. The process after, that's two to three months after. And all of it is part of the official launch, if you will, because it then makes it easier for you to continue to build that relationship. And it also makes it possible for you to, you know, keep giving value to your customers. It's amazing when I've had a software product, you know, my free trial is about to end and somebody reaches out to me and they're like, hey, did you, did you try this thing? You know, your, your free trial is about to end or you're going to get kicked down to the free trial, but you can still do all of these things. And then two months later being like, Hey, have you, have you remembered that you can do these things? And you know, if you don't have the time to watch all those onboarding videos, but they send that brief little message, Hey, you can do this. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Great. I put that on my to-do list. You know, it's just a great way of building those happy customer relationships. So, one of the things that I want to do as we kind of wrap up here, we, um, we've obviously had two episodes on this. There is a lot of content and copy and messaging and systems that are, that go into play for a launch, but I don't want to freak people out about it because here's mm -hmm. the deal. Once it's created, it's created from there. It's tweaking and adjusting to you know, do the, do the simple split tests. Well, this email didn't get opened at the rate that I wanted it to. So how can I change it and adjust it? It becomes exponentially easier. It's a little bit more difficult when you're creating it from scratch, absolutely doable. But the big understanding is it's more than people initially think, but it's not overwhelming because almost everybody that does launches or that has experience with launches has some form of um, kind of program and process that they go through to make sure that you get it all taken care of. So don't freak out if you're trying to go through a launch and you just listen to this going, oh my gosh, what is going <laughs> on? It's really not as overwhelming. It is, however, most likely more than you initially thought. It's not just the sales page or just X, Y, and Z that I need. There's a lot that comes into play and it's why it, it really works. It really helps to work with somebody who's gone through launches before. Absolutely. And one of the other things is, you know, we're talking about people who are, uh, you know, we talked about launch models and we talked about, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to do a launch. And if you want to start with something simple, 
You know, if your if your simple launch is I just need two to three people to try this thing out, you can always simplify that, right? You don't necessarily need the 30 emails that Bobby was talking about, but you might need one or two. Let your list know you're about to launch something. Let your list know you've you've encountered this problem a lot with people you've worked with and you want to give a solution. Um, you know, then you have that sales page. You don't need to do upsells or downsells or cross sells if it's your first time, but you do need to have those two to three follow-up messages. But those can be doubled for other parts of your of your services. You know, when someone works with you, of course you need to say thanks for working with me. It was a great opportunity and I enjoyed working on your project, what have you. So, you know, there are materials you probably already have. You're sitting on a content library that you're not aware of that can be used to create all of these materials. And it doesn't need to be as complex as other people make it. It can be as simple as complex or as you want, as long as you follow the basic steps, which is pre-launch, let people know about uh, you know, give valuable content around the topic, launch, have the sales page or have a way for people to buy, post-launch, have a way to follow up. And, you know, that might be a series of five emails total. If that's all you have the time and resources for, then that's where you start. But, you know, in order to continue to grow and in order to continue um, to be able to provide the services, products uh, and digital downloads uh, that you're wanting, then having this kind of uh, material in place is also really valuable to you. Yes. A plan of attack and build assets as you go. Build I assets mean, as you go. So important. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither is a launch. And it doesn't matter how many launches you've done. You still won't build a launch in a day. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us for this very special episode of Chatting with Copywriters, where we talked about all of the assets you need and the 30,000 foot view of what it takes to do the launch and selling portion, along with the ever important follow-up for your next launch. If you like this episode, feel free to smash that subscribe button so you get future episodes delivered to your favorite digital device. We'd love your ratings and reviews, so take a few seconds and let us know what you think. Also, if you want to be on an episode, visit our website at chattingwithcopywriters.com slash guest.